April Tam Smith. Welcome to Comic Book Curious. This is going to be a very special episode where we talk about everyday superheroes because you are, uh, if one person is supposed to, would ask me who is my everyday superhero, it would be you. So I am so pleased to know you. And I want to talk about if you could have one superhero power, what would it be? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, gosh. I mean, I would love to just unleash all the resources in the world where people are all willing to share and people are willing to share with joy. And there are so many things I want to do with that, um, as you can imagine. And like, I just think there are a lot of people, as you hear me say, like, that have so much potential and they just need that opportunity. Um, so yeah, if I can just unleash all that's out there. That's cool. That would be kind of like telekinesis. You can help people with their mindset. That's fantastic. Okay. What is your superhero power now? I know you have many. Oh my, it's not a question I ever, obviously, until you asked me to be on this, I would have thought of. Um, I guess, I don't know if this is a superhero power, but I am grateful that I think gratitude comes really easily to me. And it's funny, that's kind of like marriage. I usually just think that's just normal. And that's like how everybody feels. <laughs> and then my husband's like, this is really weird. You know that. Uh, so I am grateful that I realize that it's rare. And also because of that, it really has allowed me to see then everything that I have are really just a gift, which then allows me to see and share maybe a bit more easily. I think sometimes people may look at our lives and think like that's crazy or that's too much or you must be so burdened. Um, and there are days that it's stressful to, you know, have a full-time job and run a nonprofit restaurant and, and all of the things. But I do feel like it has felt very true in my heart that like, no, I could be doing so much more. Like I don't need a lot. I have seen in all my visits to Haiti or, or South Africa or wherever, like people can live with so little and have so much joy. Like who am I to like have more than that? And if that's the thinking that it doesn't matter what my day job is, then the rest should easily, should just loosely be like fallen out of us, you know? Yeah. What, what is your passion? Yeah. I think sometimes when people talk to me and they're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> Either you're like just all over the place or you just feel really passionate about a lot of things. Uh, so as you know, I am pretty involved in like the anti-trafficking world. Uh, I volunteer at a safe home for women who are survivors of trafficking. I work with like the, in the, the employment piece. I'm on the board for the five ventures, which help people um, who are previously incarcerated come out and start their own small businesses. And in fact, we do a lot of work in prison now to help them start thinking about their business ventures while they're still in prison. And I get to serve on the board for that. Um, as we were just talking about, um, I feel deeply passionate about education and the schools that we have gotten to build in Congo has just been like the biggest gift to me. Uh, and to know like, gosh, it's just like amazing. Again, like who am I that I get to like impact 220 kids at once in a school and then do that over and over. And also in schools that are like in places that are like war-torn areas. And then the, the work that we do in Haiti, it might seem like a whole other topic, which is serving factory workers in Haiti to 
both offer employment, help them learn job skills that are beyond just making t-shirts and provide like cancer screening for them, sign language classes for the deaf workers. And I have to say, I thankfully, I have realized over the years, you know, my first trip to South Africa and that orphanage uh, for HIV positive children was 10 years ago. So I've gotten enough time to really ponder and think about like, why is it that like I do what I do? And when people have asked me, like, do you feel guilty that you think you're fortunate? I'm like, no. Do you feel like you have to? And I, I also don't think any of that, but I really want to. And I realized the short answer is my passion is to affirm people's significance. And that is just true in like all of those areas. Like I want to be able to be in a prison and look into these men and women's eyes and be like, yeah, you have made a mistake and like, and that doesn't necessarily define you or factory workers in Haiti just often when I, we are talking to them and they're like, I can't believe like Cheryl really care about us. You know, when you live in a country where you feel like your government doesn't even care about you, it's sometimes hard to think your value. And you can imagine that's the same for survivors of trafficking. That's the same for kids who have survived horrible, horrible wars, who've seen way too much as a seven-year-old, what happened to their parents. And yeah, I just want everybody to feel like they're significant um, because they are. And I think that really ties in my day job too. Like I often say like, whether you're an analyst, uh, summer analyst who's scared and feel like you're bringing in no value and you're talking to like somebody senior, quote unquote, in an investment bank, or you're talking to me as an employee at PS Kitchen, or you're talking to me as a volunteer at this safe home. Like, I just want you to feel like you're the only person in the room or that you matter, that like you're really significant by the time you leave. Where did you get this superhero gift of compassion? Where did that come from? Oh, that's a nice question. Well, speaking of the gratitude, I, I am grateful that I think partly I, I think I was just made that way. It's always felt very natural. Uh, I remember being like nine or 10 and like begging my mom to take me to the park to feed the kittens that we saw because I was just so sad that we walked by and like I felt like they didn't have food or like my parents used to like make me not give money to the kids on the street when we would visit China and it was just really hard for you to see us like a little kid that other kids are on the street you know and they have to teach me like you can give money to them. It's actually not good because they were probably kidnapped. And the more you give money, you perpetuate the cycle. So actually it kind of leads to like the idea of PS Kitchen. Like I think I have, I've always been aware of like the idea of when helping hurts. So from the two trips to an orphanage serving HIV positive children to like the many, many, many trips to Haiti, um, it started out like, you know, serving at orphanages and things like that. And that's always helpful and wonderful as a volunteer. But I think over the years, I really started to think like, oh man, like I can see that a lot of these kids still have parents and they're often just economic orphans and the parents feel like they can't afford to keep them. So what can we do about it? And that's when I started to really think about, we can create jobs and we can use businesses. Dr. Muhammad Yunus has said, when you see a problem, like create a business to solve it. And that's, you know, Share Hope in Haiti. That's PS Kitchen, where we donate 100% of our profits to financially sustain some of these organizations. But also really a core value, a core PS, is that 
we employ people from these programs that I love dearly because I've seen for too many years as a volunteer, we can help them a lot. We can donate money. We can give them new clothes. We can like do the mock interview. But if a company is not willing to look past things or give them a second chance and like often it's almost like, oh, what did we do all of that for? Of course, it's been really great for the relational reasons. I really want them to feel like they matter and that they break that cycles of discouragement of getting the nose. In, in a way, you're also fighting for people that don't know how to fight for themselves or don't have the resources to do that or they don't have the expertise or the knowledge to do it, which is so incredible and generous. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, thank you. It's funny. Um, I never, I actually never thought about myself as like fighting for them, but I do... I've always thought about it as like, uh, I remember this quote that I love, it just like, um, to use the power that we receive to like make other people more powerful. So it's just like, okay, if I so happen to have landed in a good school or on Wall Street or even landed in the US, you know, I was old enough to move here to remember it's not easy. <laughs> I remember praying in the US embassy that we would get the approval, you know? So like then, yeah, then like, it's not my, it's not my power, it's not my resources, not my money. Like none of this is really just mine. Um, yeah, so I guess that also answer both the compassion <laughs> question. It really goes back a lot to both my faith and my immigrant background. I think those two things really helped me see like, it's just not mine and it's my job to share it. Um, I always say I love this analogy that's like hit me once upon a time that I've tried to stick to is like, if you're like the UPS delivery person and you're getting like all of these packages to your home or wherever, your job is to like go and take the packages and like deliver it to different addresses. Like, can you imagine if you walked into that person's home and like they had like stored up all the packages in their apartment? Like, that's not your job. <laughs> like you were supposed to pass it on. And I guess I just see uh, my role, small role in this world. Of, like I'm going to like pass it on. And not only that, but you're going to show people that have all those packages, how to pass them on. And as a, as an example of goodness and leadership by doing, not talking. I hope so. And and I want people to know that it's, that's kind of the superpower. It's so amazing and so rewarding and so fun. And so it's just so purposeful. I think that was what happened at 26 when I went on that first trip to that orphanage in South Africa. Like I remember being like, oh my, like what am I ever going to do that? what am I ever going to buy that could give me the same joy as like this grocery shopping spree that I went on with some of the girls at the orphanage to buy food for their classmates. Like that just like deeply impacted me. And it was one of the most amazing feelings ever. I do have to say, I think sometimes people ask me like, like, should I give my money or should I give my time? Or like, how do you think about the both? And I think the reason why I've gotten to experience such like, joy and purpose Milan it is is that I haven't had to choose like when you give your time and your money and your network and your brain power like that Venn diagram that metal part it's like those organizations are the ones I feel like so much reward from it's because I have seen the results like when you get to see 
and love the people that you also maybe happen to financially give to. Like it's really, really rewarding. And there are a lot of ways to give. Like it's definitely, definitely not just financial. I actually think some of the most impactful stories I have ever watched or heard of or met people, it's like this one woman named Rachel who met another woman in her husband's new business and one thing led to another she was getting to know their story and heard that her husband is dying of an autoimmune disease and needed a liver transplant and she happens to work in a field that like literally like sell um sell like medical equipment that helps people take out organs and long story short she decided to give this family that she practically are like strangers to at that time half of her liver and I think yeah and like it's real like I and I'm really grateful that I think after a while of being in like quote-unquote the generosity world I mean just people who have like really tried to encourage each other to live this way it's not like a weird, it's, it's a crazy story, but it's also not like once in a lifetime story. Like shortly after I had another friend, Ruth, who ended up donating half of her liver to her cousin. And I'm just like, gosh, that is such radical generosity. Like what is money? What is my Saturday? Like what is like things, you know, my network or whatever. Like there are some really generous people out there that can challenge me. Can you name maybe 10 of, because you're so, in, so deep into this world of radical generosity, can you name people like uh, Dr. Ramon uh, that you were talking about uh, that that you look to and you admire or you feel some type of affection towards? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can name a few for sure. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Mohammed Yunus, obviously, Nobel Peace Prize winner. I mean, just his work, his love for the poor for so long, so consistent. Uh, what he's done in the microfinance world is obviously life-changing and mm. world-changing. I really love the idea of, again, it's similar. It's like the idea of like, it's not just a hand out, it's a hand up, like giving people a loan so then they can start their own small businesses and like make something for themselves, which is like really empowering. Yeah. Um, obviously like his focus on, women in these microfinance micro loans like recipients like um really want to empower women not to mention now that like he's slowly become a mentor and he's eaten the ps quite a few times and i've seen him and be in different like rooms with him and different tables with him and i've seen like he's just so generous with his like presence and his laughter i've literally joked with his daughter once at like this 500 people conference uh and she's become a good friend and i'm just like oh my gosh i think your dad has literally taken like 400 pictures he's 79 he's jet lag we're in thailand together how is he still smiling she and i were like we gotta go oh that's adorable and he's like oh it's okay keep going and just like really sweet and the amount of like even just how he's used in my um, his network like when we have asked him like oh, would you like post this thing for us about PS? He immediately was like, absolutely. So that would be one of them. Yeah. Another, I mean, um, do you want me to go with like people that people know? Doesn't matter. Yeah. I would think like, so for us, our story of moving to the U.S. Um, so my mom started working when she was 11 years old. 
And she started full-time working when she was 11 years old. Actually, she was probably like eight or nine when she started working in a clothing factory. And it's just like her resilience and like tenacity that got us to move to the U.S. But also it's because of um, one of her best friends from that time when they knew each other as teenagers working in the same clothing factory, my Auntie Jenny. And for me, like just watching her as like a young girl, young teenager and a young woman of like how she moved as an immigrant. Her English was not great. And she like kept learning and made it better and better and better. Um, She ended up running this big factory business. But she has always said, that's actually where I got it from. Like she's always taught me because she has one boy. So I'm like her daughter, you know. That she felt it was really important, even though she ran a factory with a lot of people. That when you're talking to somebody, make them feel like they're the only person in the room. Mm-hmm. And it was because she went through the difficulty and very expensive process to show the U.S. government that my mom was the only person in the world that would qualify for this job. That she is excellent in her work and she can speak Cantonese and Mandarin and that we can we need her in our factory and that's what allowed us to move to the U.S. She passed away when I was in college um but I think so yeah some days I wish like she knew what had happened to me after college that's beautiful okay speed round ready okay uh, sweet or salty? Sweet. Oh my gosh. So sweet. Okay. Uh, are you an introvert or extraport? Extrovert. Extrovert. Would you rather fly or teleport? Fly. YouTube or Netflix? Netflix. Would you rather be super smart or have super strength? Super smart. <laughs> you already are. I'm never going to be strong. (laughs) Just by name, who are other people besides uh, your Aunt Ginny and uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Muhammad? Brian Stevenson. Oh, my goodness. Bill and Melinda Gates. Mm. Amazing people. Ethan Brown. Beyond me. Well, with my faith, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. My mom. And... Oh my gosh. And then a lot of people in the criminal justice world, I think. Um, Also, my friends, Cassandra, who started Justice Rising as like a little 20 year old, I was like, I'm gonna go move to Congo, and then to Sudan, and just learn how to end wars. People like that in my life. Wow. Well, I'm so blessed and lucky to know you and your daily inspiration, all that you do. Thank you, friend. Thank you so much. Uh, to be continued and uh, sending you good vibes from L.A. Thank you. Let's talk soon. Okay. Thanks so much for this.